there, it's Toby, and before you get started on this episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Retro Pop Relics. Retro Pop Relics has been creating some of the coolest 3D printed giant video game cartridges. If you visit RetroPopRelics.com, you can see a bunch of the cartridges that are already available. You can get Super Smash Brothers, Paper Mario, Super Mario World, Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, and even Green. These are perfect decorations for your game room. So again, go check out RetroPopRelics.com. And if you use the promo code Genie at checkout, you'll get 10% off RetroPopRelics.com. Enjoy the show. BadSecretMedia.com Welcome to the Secret Levels Podcast. On this week's episode, we have a very special treat for you. We have a side quest. We can't wait for you to hear what our guest has to say. It's going to be freaking interesting, folks. Sit back and relax. I am Toby. I am Goobs. And we have a special guest who is a author, who is a voice actor. Please introduce yourself. Hi, guys. My name is Patrick Hickey Jr., and I am the author of the Minds Behind the Games book series. I'm also the voice actor responsible for the main voice in the Padre video game series. I'm also a college professor for over 15 years. I am the assistant director of the journalism program at Kingsborough Community College. I am Patrick Hickey Jr. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's a lot you, of accolades, man. Yeah, you. I think, Every time uh, you say something, my like my ego goes down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, you're uh, you're really making us. We we always like to describe ourselves on the show as just simple folk, and uh, you know you're you're bringing some class with all these uh, titles. I'm trying, and- <laughs> I'm trying. Class with ass, baby. <laughs> okay, so uh, first off, uh, let's talk about the book. You got sure. you got some books. Tell us all about them, please. So The Minds Behind the Games book series is essentially an interview anthology. It's a collection of books that allows video game developers to tell the behind-the-scenes stories of their games. So a couple of years ago, I was looking at a whole bunch of video game books that were out, and I'm just like, they're good. But many of them are based around the author's opinion, and I felt like video game history was just a, it was a place where people knew how many copies a game sold the year it was released, the publisher, but they didn't know the people behind the scenes, the developer, the designer, the animator, the producer. They didn't know any of those people's names. So it's like, if you play Grand Theft Auto, and I ask you who makes Grand Theft Auto, you're just going to tell me Rockstar. Right. You're not going to tell me the names of the people that programmed it, that designed it, that did all of the behind the scenes work, that brought that vision to life. And... I thought that was a huge problem. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. I just I just started going around getting video game developers to talk to me. And that was the original book, The Minds Behind the Games. Um, then I planned on doing a sequel. And my developer, uh, my developer, you hear me? My publisher quickly uh, squashed that. And they were like, no. They're like, because at that point, I had already had like 40 uh, confirmed sources for the second book. And they're like, no, like if you do some more work, like you could do an adventure book, you can do a sports book, you could do a shooter book. So they, they signed me to a three book deal. And that was uh, the minds behind the adventure games. 
the Minds Behind the Sports games, which was just released um, in September, and the Minds Behind the Shooter games, which comes out in January. And I just got um, uh, contracts uh, signed for the Minds Behind the Sega Genesis games, which oh, is finished, yes. um, which I'm I'm just waiting to send in the manuscript, and the Minds Behind the Sony PlayStation games, nice. which, which is pretty close to being finished. Um, and that takes a look at the original Sony PlayStation and all of the, the games that left a huge impact on it. So when you read my, my books, it's basically like me taking you behind the scenes of how the game was created, who created it, what their life was like at the time, what the development cycle was like, any secrets during the development process. Like if you ever wondered why like certain levels in Lion King on Genesis just felt weird or why Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the Xbox just had two levels that felt like that they didn't fit, all things like that all of those questions get answered in the book. So I connect you more to your favorite games than you've ever been connected before. And I also explain why some games that you may not like, why they play the way that they do. So my whole goal is to foster a deeper understanding of why the games you love and hate play the way that they do. So this way, you're a more educated uh, customer. You're a more uh, educated gamer. So you just don't pick up a game just because a character is on there that you look in the instruction manual. You look online and go, well, this programmer hasn't really worked on any really great games. So maybe I might take this with a grain of salt or something like that. I just want you to have a geekier time when you play. So that's kind of like what my series is all about. I I love that. And I'm going to have to pick up all the books now and read them. And I'm going to have to probably cite some of your interviews in our fun facts because we, you know, in our regular show, we have a fun facts section. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the one of the things I wanted to do with this show was not just like the game because we talk about the the public uh, the published history and stuff like that. We try to bring fun mm-hmm. facts and uh, like recently, for example, we we talked about Superman sixty four. No, don't bring that pack up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know all the things that they ran into and all the issues sure. with development. I mm-hmm. find that very interesting, and that's Absolutely. half of like half of this show is a as is a review podcast of the video games but then half of it is supposed to be humor and then uh because we're simple folk uh half of it is dick jokes because you know three halves <laughs> <laughs> so we we try to try to bring in the history so i i absolutely love what you're doing uh can Thank you. you can you kind of tell us like some of the i mean you i feel like you kind of hinted like there's maybe some lion king stuff in here can you give us a little list of some of the games that that are talked about in in the book well like like for free like i'm a whore or something (laughs) (laughs) no well well to be honest um we've got right like right now by january we're gonna have four books in the series so every book has at least 30 games featured so by january we're talking uh, that's 120 games oh Um, that's awesome and then the genesis book has 43 and the PlayStation book right now has 37. So we're talking, if you do that, close to 200 games I've interviewed the teams for, just for just for these books. I mean, and before that, I wrote um, video games for uh, Examiner. At one time, I was the most read video game writer on Examiner.com. Nice. And um, I was an editor at NBC for a couple of years, and I did a ton of video game coverage for NBC. So like, oh, we're, awesome. we're talking, I've interviewed the teams behind easily over 1,000 video games. But like... um. In terms of Lion King, um, Lion King is featured in the Minds Behind the Sega Genesis games, which is going to be out sometime next year. Um, and they, they, um, when that game was being developed, they, Sony, uh, not Sony, Disney and, uh, and the developer came up with the, they came to the conclusion 
that the game had to pass like a rental test, meaning that it if it could be beaten in four or five hours, that had to be fixed. Because if the game could be beaten in four or five hours, why would you buy it? You would just rent it from the video game store. Right. So Fucking there are bastards, man. <laughs> there are certain there are certain sections of Lion King that are extremely unforgiving for that reason. Because they felt like it would take a gamer a long time to find out the pattern of the boss and to get those jumps timed exactly right. Yeah, I mean, a couple even levels now, come to mind. The monkey tossing a- stage. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. If you, like, I just bought um, the uh, the collection on PS4. Oh, the Aladdin and uh, Lion King 2-pack? I, I got it for $8 at Target. So I was like, nice. yeah. So... But I was playing it on the PS4 controller, which is like a stud compared to like the Genesis controller back in the yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those jumps are still like just as hard. And my daughter, who's three, she was like kind of laughing at me. She's like, "Daddy can't do it." I'm like, "This is a lot. This is just as hard as it was back in the day with with a much more responsive controller." So yeah, a lot of those little sections where those jumps have to be perfect and those bosses have to be hit in like just the right spot. That was all done on purpose to make sure that you died so you would continue to play the game. It's pretty crazy stuff. That makes a lot of sense because, like, one of our uh, more recent interview uh, interviews, one of our most recent reviews was X Men and mm-hmm. for the Sega. And there's like, there's really specific spots you have to hit the the bosses, and it's like the. <laughs> the hitbox has to be teeny tiny because mm-hmm. it is so small to hit like juggernaut. You have to hit him in his head when he's stopped, but he's only stopped after he's run at run towards you. And like it, it's really hard. So it makes me think like, yeah, that makes sense because you know, uh, when people say Nintendo hard, it's because they tried to emulate like arcade games because they wanted you to eat the quarters. They wanted mm-hmm. to eat the quarters. So that makes sense. Now, instead of eating quarters, they want to eat your hours and make it the first couple of levels or like maybe you, you can beat the first level or two and then after that they're like ha here you go bitch <laughs> here's it's a hard funny. it's funny too that you mentioned x-men because i interviewed the team that worked on x-men 2 clone wars for the genesis book as okay. well and uh, they were saying that like they saw that as like one of the the biggest problems with the game and they wanted to make the game more of a straightforward like linear beat em up with like lots of different characters like that's how they wanted to hook the gamer they wanted the gamer to play a little bit more straightforwardly but understand that all of the characters play differently so that's how they made up the time so the game was a lot easier but you would want to play with all of the characters because they played differently so there's right. so many different ways to attack getting to that that playability where you feel like a game is worth a purchase so you know um the aladdin and lion king people did it one way and the x-men 2 people did it another yeah I have a quick uh, thing here. So your daughter was laughing at you. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, she's at that age where you can just be like, here, you take the controller and have fun. Oh, so yeah. I, like, me and Toby both do that to our children. His is uh, 10, right, Toby? 11, 11, 11 yeah. And mine's nine. So they come out and they see us playing these games that we do for the reviews every week. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this game looks like trash or this looks way too easy. Why are you dying so much? Well, here, you take the controller, smartass, and you see how you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to well. do that. Um, oh, you want a car? Um, beat Ninja Gaiden 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm definitely going to do that at some point. You want the PS7? Life. Beat this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so which books are, are out already? 
Yeah, there's a lot. Um, so the minds behind the games, the original book, um, that came out in April of 2018. Okay. Then, then the minds behind the adventure games that came out in December of 2019, and then uh, the minds behind the sports games came out this September. So th- th- those are the three that are available right now, and they're available wherever fine books are sold, Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Indigo, um, and directly from me, PatrickHickeyJr. dot com. You get uh, them even autographed. Yes, I autograph them. I throw in all sorts of goodies. So, like, if you buy the book directly from me, um, I have to ship it to you. So I, I know where you live, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I send you an email, and I, I try and start a conversation with you because, I mean. Before all COVID happened, I used to try and do as many conventions in the Northeast as possible. And I love to interact with my readers on Instagram, on Facebook, like in person, like as many, you know, as, as often as possible. But um, with COVID, I just figured it would be cool if I started doing more on my website. So it's like if you're from Cleveland, you could expect like some like Cleveland Indian cards, baseball cards in your in your book. If you're like a Pokemon fan, I'll throw in some like Pokemon stickers and stuff like that. Like I just want to. Oh, that's cool. cool. I want to make it a cool experience. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, and and I know uh, this. I'm I'm real big for like supporting you know people putting out uh, music or books or anything like that. I thought you were going to say you wanted to support people putting out. I'm like totally. <laughs> well, I, I do want to. Nice. I want to support that. Hey, you put out, I support you. Isn't that uh, called marriage? <laughs> no, that's Which, when that stops. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, is, is the best way to like help support the book and support you like to buy it directly from you or, or is oh absolutely okay absolutely I mean um like in a perfect world the person orders directly from me um and then this way I can interact with them and then uh and then leaves a review on like Goodreads and Amazon that's like that's like in a perfect world in a perfect world that's exactly <laughs> what happens so, i love that you slip into that voice so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's great i could do it like at, at, a, at a moment's notice so <laughs> are you are you married or anything to, to where you do it to your oh your- yeah yeah well the thing is like on my first date with my wife we went to well not on my first date on one of my first dates i went to a movie with my wife and um I did it. Like, I was like, the following movie is rated R. <laughs> and, like, the people behind us were like, what the fuck? Like, and my wife just looked at me and she's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so she's, like, completely over it, you know? Yeah. But, um, play. My daughter. My, <laughs> you're so funny. My uh, my daughter thinks it's hilarious. So I do it all the time for my daughter. So yeah, that's 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 the number one fan that you have to always entertain is 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 the the children. You know your Absolutely. kids. Absolutely, it's like um the padre the padre voice. I do it all the time, and she'll she'll like run into the living room and be like, oh, mommy, the padre is in the in the bedroom. <laughs> like you know, so she's she's funny. I got like a little um plushie of the padre somebody made it for me like a fan made it oh and, that's uh, awesome it was great you know and sent it to me so it's just like you know i'll i'll hold it in the man cave and i'll uh, uh, blowy talk like this hello josie i'm the padre you know and, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and she starts bugging out she likes it so before we start so, talking yeah. about that i have a uh, quick question about the books yeah yeah um how hard was it to get a uh, hold of all these developers and everything like that yeah, because I've tried to reach out to a few developers to try to clear up some stories uh, on Twitter and stuff, which I know that's not a very good source. It just seems like, oh, this is a direct contact. I'll I'll mm-hmm. shoot this message to them, and then I never get a reply. Like, yeah, how, do, how does that work? Well, see, the thing is, like, the thing that helped me the most is 
by the time I started writing the book, I had like ten years as a video game journalist. Um, yeah, I guess that like, helps. Eh? Like, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, helped. you know, we've but had then, our like, podcast um, for two years. We're kind of dumbasses, so that, it's that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when I was at NBC, I had done a lot of big, big interviews. So like the guy from Mutant League Football, Michael Menheim. Um, the team behind The Last of Us, the team behind Sonic Lost World, all like tons of EA people I knew, tons of 2K people. Um, and I just started reaching out to the people that I knew in the beginning. And then when they started to say yes, when I started to pitch the other developers, I made sure that I name dropped. And I was like, well, I'd love to talk to you for this project. And I just want to let you know that this guy is already confirmed and this guy is already confirmed. So then all of a sudden it's like, I have David Crane, the guy that did Pitfall. I have Craig Johnson, the guy that did Toe Jam and Earl. I have the, oh, uh, the creator oh, he seems of such uh, a sweetheart. He's awesome. Um, I have, uh, Howard Scott Warshaw who did Yars Revenge and ET. Like I have all these people, um, and they've all been great to me. And, um, so, like, perfect example, Scott Campbell, who was the producer on, like, Twisted Metal, um, yep. Warhawk, Downhill Domination, Jet Moto. We, we've just exchanged emails and Facebook conversations, and um, he's, he's featured in a couple of chapters in my next couple of books. And I've sent him questions, and he's worked on them. And he, I mean, he sent me back, like, thousands of words, you know? And, and then I sent him follow-up questions and back and forth and stuff. But um, he's just basically like, Pat, from your first email, I can sense, like, how passionate you are about this, that you care so much. And I'm like, thank you, because, that I mean, that's the whole thing. I try and write pitches to these developers so they understand that I'm all about preserving their history. Like, I think it I think it absolutely sucks that like the creator of like Mortal Kombat, like John Tobias and Ed Boon could walk into like Starbucks and you could be, be playing known. and you could be playing Mortal Kombat on your Switch. And they could go, Oh, you like that game? And you'll be like, Fuck you, asshole, what are you looking at my game for? Like you weirdo. <laughs> yeah. You screen watching? It, it, is, it is crazy that these are the rock star. Like, yeah, like that's a fucking rock star to us. Like, yep. that's the guy that created this game. And, and you're just like, ah, get out of here, man. I'm and playing. We, we know, like, David Jaffe. We know Hideo Kojima. We know Romero. We know Carmack. We know, like, you know, the big, big guys. But they're, it's like, I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. Um, Tony Barnes. Tony Barnes was assistant producer on Desert Strike. And then he worked on Jungle Strike, Urban Strike. Um, he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Xbox. He did Medal of Honor on PS3. He did the, the last Strider game. Um, he did um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Fallen, which is probably like the greatest Star Trek game of all time. It's a really sexy shooter on, that only came out on PC. Um, but this, uh, he did Star Wars Episode Three on PS2. So, like, this guy has sold like over 20 million games during the course of his career. 35 years in the video game industry. And if you saw a picture of him, you would just think he was like some good-looking guy. You would just be like, "Oh, that's that's like a cool-looking dude. He looks like Prince a little bit, you know." And <laughs> and that's it, you know. And it's like, no, you don't know his is... legacy. Yeah, you don't know his legacy, and I think that's sad because the guy's still making games. He's still super talented. He's still hungry. Um, and it's like, I want to preserve people's legacies like that. I want people, I want you to read a chapter that Tony's in and go, wow, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to play Buffy on Xbox. And then I'm going to go on Google and I'm going to Google him and I'm going to find out his Twitter and I'm going to see what else he's working on. And yeah. that, that's what I want. I want these guys to get the recognition that they deserve. So to answer your question... It's very hard. I mean, I send anywhere from like on a bad day, like 10 pitches on a good day, like 25 every day 
to developers. Oh, um, man. And sometimes... Look at that some, leg working, man. I'm telling you. and But it's like sometimes I, I'm like, you know what? I may not even have to talk to this guy for like a year. Or maybe maybe this is like two books down the road, but I want this guy to know that he's on my radar. I know that he's talented, and I want to be able to have. I want him to be able to trust me enough so I can tell his story. You know, so it's like um, I was talking to uh, a developer the other day that's done mostly like Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games. Super talented guy, super nice. He's well known, but I'm not. I'm not at the point where I want to do a Game Boy centric book i think i will be maybe like a couple years from now so i'm every month or so i'm gonna shoot him an email and i'm gonna bullshit with him and i'm gonna talk to him and and so this way when i get to that point then i'm gonna be like yo let's do this so that's it's it's hard it's just it's managing all of these all of these personalities and all these people to the point where like you have to be authentic because if you come across fake they're gonna be able to tell and the thing is i mean I think it's pretty apparent now that I care about the video game industry. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so they get it. Um, I've had so many other people like um, come to me and go, oh, well, I'm going to start doing that. Like, tell me what you do. And I'll tell them. I'm like, I go, I don't use Twitter. Um, I try not to use Facebook. <laughs> My I first use, mistake, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I go and I do deep Google searches and I try and find like their email. And I try like the, the guy, the, the lead programmer of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Like I found out where he worked and I called up his job and he was like, Hey, what's up? And I'm just like, you know, um, I would love to talk to you for this book. And he's like, okay, no problem. You know, um, here's my I'm not a stalker, sir. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, you know, but that's how, like, that's how we got it. That's how we got it done. So it's just like Google, LinkedIn, Moby Games, like try and be as official as possible. Write write a super polished, no typos, you know, pitch. Let well, them kind know of helps who- when you're a professor, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's funny because it's like my writing ability is what eventually got me into the video game industry because, I mean, I had no interest in ever working in the video game industry and then I got an opportunity because of my writing ability and then all of a sudden I got thrust into voice acting so I mean but bottom line is yeah it's like sending pitches all the time um, and having your pitch be as polished as possible and having people in like a paragraph or so have a really good idea of who you are and what you represent so it's hard yeah you gotta grab their attention right away and then Mm -hmm. hold it right yeah absolutely Man, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna tell you right now. You, I'm fucking you, inspired by you, dude. You know, I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> you've got my heart right now because, like, you know, with this show, that's what I wanted to do is like preserve like what what happened with this game and like, mm-hmm. yeah, is it still playable? But when I go over the fun facts, I want to know like what went wrong and like. There's a lot of times or what where went I, right or what went right. Yeah, sure. But, like, uh, certain games, like, you know, when, when they get ported to, like, Sega and, and Super Nintendo, and they're completely different. Like, for example, uh, we did All Real Monsters a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Dave uh, Rohal did that. I've interviewed him before. He's in my Genesis book. I would For, see, uh, for uh, what's it called? Oh, what's the name of that game? Uh, the Beach. Uh, oh, my God. What the hell is the name of the game? It's a platformer. Um, it's based on a comic strip. Oh my God! Uh, Beach Babel Rama. There you go. Oh, see, I don't know that one. I don't yeah. know that one at all. Yeah, yeah. So Dave Warhol did that. He did the Red and Stimpy game on the Game oh, Gear okay. as well. Yeah. Very cool. See, and, so. and I, I wish I could, I could, I could just reach out and be like, "Hey, man, 
why is there so such big differences between the Super Nintendo and the Sega version? Like little mm-hmm. questions like that is stuff like I'm real See, curious about. It's like um in the Genesis book, um one of the last chapters is Mortal Kombat three. And um I talked to the producer, Jeff Peters, and he just he explained like how they made sure that like Mortal Kombat 3 on the Genesis played as close to the arcade as possible and it was just like painstakingly difficult to like get it to work and I to me that's like one of my favorite chapters in the entire book but then you have other chapters that are a little bit on the shorter side uh with like games like Pit Fighter and Hard Driving which were excellent arcade games for their time that just couldn't be ported properly yeah, to the Genesis or Super Pit Nintendo <laughs> yep, absolutely. But they in in those chapters they just explain that like there was no way that they were going to be able to get those characters in Pit Fighter to be as large as the arcade version. The Genesis just couldn't do it. And then in the case of hard driving, I mean hard driving in like 1990, 1991 is like pushing polygons. Like if you yeah. ever played that in the arcade, it was like virtual racing or like Daytona oh, fuck yeah. USA. Sit down when you do the loop and fly out and die. That's yes. awesome. Yes, flying through the cows, you dun, know, like dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's still the music's still stuck in my head. But the average person didn't play it in the arcade. The average person played it on the Genesis, and they were like, "Oh, this game sucks." When it's just like, mm. and see, that's like one of my big things too. So like, I post a ton on Instagram. Instagram is like um, stream of consciousness for me. Where, like, if just a game pops up into my head, I'll just be like, anyone play this? Or, like, what do you guys think of this game? And um, so many people will jump right in and just be like, this game sucks. And that's, like, the end of the conversation for them. And for me, I feel like that's where the conversation should begin. Because as a journalist, it's my job to ask why. So when you go, the game sucks and you don't want to talk anymore, I go to the developer. I'm like, well, the average person didn't enjoy this game. Why do you think that is? And then they then they tell me a story. And they're like, well... I was sleeping in my car for nine months trying to make sure that this game worked. And we, from the get-go, we knew that it wasn't going to be anything like da 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 And all of a sudden, you start to connect to the game in a much deeper way than it sucks or it's great. Like, anybody can review a game. It right. takes a, some. It takes someone very talented and with with a um, yeah. We know. If <laughs> we're doing it, anyone can do it. <laughs> a certain set of skills, you know, to uh, to get to the bottom of why the game plays that way. So that's why, like, again, there are so many video game books out there, and some of them are written by popular streamers and YouTubers and stuff, and people buy them because these people have you know four hundred, five hundred thousand. Yeah, they have the name behind them. Yeah, and they have a name behind them. But for me, it's like if you read one of my books and you don't remember my name, I—I I mean, I couldn't care less. I want the developers Say to my get name, the credit, bitch. you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's the difference. That's where we both have uh, one thing in common because mm-hmm. you were reading books that you wanted some answers to, and you never got it. So you're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna make my own." And that's where what we kind of did. That we were listening to video game podcasts. They didn't have what we wanted, so we're like, "Fuck it, let's make our own." Absolutely. You got to make your own path, right? Mm-hmm. We absolutely we do set. Out, I mean, yeah, we again we make a bunch of dick jokes and we we do like shit on some of the bad games and stuff. But like we do, we try so hard to find out like why what what happened with it, and mm-hmm. like I feel like Superman. I keep going to Superman sixty four because it was stop, recent. But stop. It's, it's I know. <laughs> but but like we we got to talk about like what went wrong, why that couldn't have been a successful game, mm-hmm. and. 
I, I feel like you're doing the video game gods work by... I tried to get in contact with that guy, too. I've sent him emails before. <sighs> um, I, I actually, this past week, I just reached out to the guy that did the, the GameCube and PS2 um, Superman game, because that game hasn't gotten the kindest... Uh, reviews over time as well so i would oh, love man. to tell see you know, I shadow, thought, shadow of the apocalypse and yeah stuff like see that, and it, so. it, it, i watched eight like five minutes of gameplay and i was like okay this looks a lot better than the 64 mm-hmm. version at least and yeah. i even said that on that episode like i it looks like i would more enjoy that game rather than the 64 game but i didn't know yeah. that there was negative reviews on it mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's kind of like middling reviews like people still like why can't there be a good superman game and, blah, 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 blah. and it's just like think about it how fucking hard it must be to make a game where a guy is, first off, invincible, can't be killed. <laughs> every power in the world. And then he has every single power. It's like, that's a game developer's nightmare. Because think about it, too. Like, Spider-Man, there, there wasn't a really good Spider-Man game for maybe nine years. Like, the first Spider-Man game came out in, like, 1982 on 2600, and then it took, like, the Spider-Man game that um, Jonathan Miller did on the Genesis. That was, like, the first really good Spider-Man game. And the thing is, what made that game so good is that, you know, one of the other developers was a big fan of Shinobi and all of those Japanese Genesis games. And that game, Spider-Man on the Genesis plays tremendously Japanese. You know? So, it's just, like... If Spider-Man is so hard to get right, Superman should be, like, impossible. Right, yeah. You know, because, like, Batman, think about it. Batman has, like, the Batarang, and he can punch and kick, but he get, he can get his ass kicked. And Batman yeah. usually does get his ass kicked. That's, like, one of the coolest parts of Batman. That yeah, Batman, he gets over it and kicks their yeah. asses. So it's, that's, like, that's perfect for a video game. That's one of the reasons why there's so many great Batman games out there. But, like, characters like Superman, how the hell do you do that? The Flash. How the fuck do you do a Flash game? You know, like, there's <laughs> yeah. so many, you this know. Is a silver- streak running through the level? Yeah, man. Silver <laughs> Surfer. Like, oh, God. Ama- no. Amazing character. But how do you do him? How do you do him right? You yeah. know? Well, don't give so- the license to LJN is one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm crazy no i i do i do think you're doing the the video game video game gods work uh by by going and and finding out these stories because there's not there's not a lot of sources for these things like luckily when no there really isn't well you know every once in a while we get super lucky and we're like oh okay this is what someone finally did an interview with this person or this person's come forward and said this about this game in development but it doesn't happen that often so Mm -hmm. Uh, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm about to. After this, I'm ordering all your books that are that are available. Because that's awesome. Uh, I, You're gonna I, pay for like my Dunkin' Donuts for like a week. <laughs> which is awesome. Which, which awesome. hey, and and you know what? I if if I can even say one thing that you learned, like if we're reviewing a game and and I can be like, oh, I got this review, you know, I, I, or you, you this interview from you, and I learned something. We can keep passing on that knowledge and keep preserving all of this. Absolutely, you, you know, Absolutely. and that's and I think I feel like you feel the same way about me. Like I love, I more than anything, I love reviewing the trash, the 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 games that didn't that weren't like the A material because those are the games that got yeah, overlooked. I know. That's the ones that keep making me play. Yeah, <laughs> but but the problem <laughs> but the problem is. Like this show, and this is kind of a behind the scenes for anyone listening. This show 
needs to play the popular games, the Legend of Zeldas, the Marios, to to gain new listeners. And I, we do that because we hope that We're it'll not too keep... too often. We play a lot of the shit. We play a lot of <laughs> shit. We'll be honest. But we, we hope that we'll keep people... You know, people like our humor and, and what we have to say about games, so they'll listen to these unknown games. And that's the only reason we will review the, the like, top-tier games. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean... It's one of the reasons why, like in my books, I had I like to have a nice mixture between like cult games, classic games. I even in every book there's definitely like one or two um, indie games that'll have a really good story behind them. Just because I feel like it's a game that like people should play, or a game that people won't know that they'll go, "What the fuck is this?" and they'll read it and go, "Oh my god, okay, I'm gonna download this." So I do a little bit of that. Um, to give people like an idea too, um, I was on a podcast last week, the the vulgar burrito podcast they're great you you guys would love them they're a lot of fun um but the host of that show is a huge night trap fan okay he he loves that game and he was like he's like pat i've read so many different articles about that game and he goes when i saw the chapter i'm like you know what i want to read about it and he goes i thought i wasn't going to be educated he goes but i came away from that chapter knowing at least five or six things that I had no clue about. And I'm like, there you go. Because, I mean, when I start an interview, one of the first things, one of the first questions is, tell me something that nobody knows about this game. Or tell me what Wikipedia got wrong about yes. your game. You know? Because yes. like, it's so easy for some 11, 12-year-old kid to go, oh, E.T. is the worst game of all time. Right. And not know that that guy sat in a dark room for 20 hours a day for, you know, five, six weeks making that game. So... That's what I want. I want I want people to know more than they know now. There's some people, like I've come across people on Instagram that are just like, oh, well, I really appreciate what you're doing, but I don't get it. Like if I like Crash Bandicoot, I'm going to play every Crash Bandicoot just because I like the character and I'm just like, see, this is your problem Yep. because there's like 25 Crash Bandicoot games out there on like 10 different consoles and they're developed by so many different teams by so many different people and they all look and feel different so if you know about the people that made them you'll understand which ones you like and why you don't like the ones that you don't like and you'll be a better gamer you'll be a better consumer you'll be more educated and that's the college professor yeah you know and some people just don't get it. Some people are just like, oh, you know, yeah, it's cool, but I don't give a shit. And then there's other people like you guys that are kind of like, oh, this is really cool. Like, this didn't exist before. Like, this guy is doing something really cool. Like, I want to get behind him. And that's that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get all of these people that are hungry for this information that didn't know it existed. Like, the first book came out two and a half years ago, and people still contact me every day. And they're like yeah, dude, like, I had no idea you even existed. And I'm just like, yep, that's why I got to do more podcasts. That's why I got to speak to more people. So, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my goal, just to speak to as many people as possible and try and connect with people. Well, we, we hope all of our listeners, uh, like I said, I, I'm definitely going to have to, to get, get all your books and, awesome. uh, and follow everything that you do. And thanks, man. And, and I really feel yeah, there's, like, there's a thing that's got to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and it makes me feel a little guilty because, you know, we are trying to do so much with this particular podcast, and I feel like, man, you're right. Like, there's a lot of people that don't get the recognition. Like, we try to talk about, like, the publishers. The You know, we try to cover as much as we can mm-hmm. while making our fart jokes and, and reviewing the game. Like, I feel like we're trying to cram so much into an hour and a half on just that one video game, and we only have a week 
to sure. really to put into it. So I can't. I can't like reach out and be like, "Hey, what happened here? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Why is this the way?" But man, it does. It makes me feel really guilty that we we've we've covered over a hundred video games and a hundred reviews, and you know we can only do the best we can because some of these sure. games are thirty years old that we're we're talking about. And uh, oh yeah, but man, it it it's kind of making me feel super guilty. Like you're right. Like we're not preserving it a hundred percent like I wanted to. <laughs> And you're, but it's, you're bringing it's that to hard, life. man. I mean, it's hard. It's like I, I've, I've run into situations where I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories. Um, for the first book, I really wanted to have a uh, berserk in there. Um, that's this really sexy top-down shooter on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it, it was like the king of the arcades before Pac-Man existed. And um, I was talking to the the creator, Alan McNeil, on. Uh, on Facebook and on Twitter and on uh, e- and through email, and um, he told me that his mother was sick and that he'd get to my questions. I sent him the questions. He said he'd help me the whole nine yards, and then he just kind of disappeared. And um, I found out, like after my first book came out, that he had passed away. Oh. you know. So like that's like to me, oh my god! Like I would have loved to have told this guy's story, um, and didn't get a chance to. Um, yeah. then. You have, um, if you guys have ever played Doom before, the Game Boy Advance port of Doom is awesome. Um, but the thing is, like, the Game Boy Advance um, version of Doom is actually a, how do I say, a emulated, not emulated, like, kind of, they took the Jaguar ROM and they got a Jaguar game to work on the Game Boy Advance. Like, it's wow. just like, yeah, um... But the development cycle is a lot more complicated than that because what had happened was they originally made their own version of Doom using the source data and stuff like that, and they thought that was better. So the thing is, game the Doom version of Game Boy on the Game Boy Advance is amazing, but the developer um, David Palmer said his version was better. So it just like kind of like that's the game you'll never be able to play, you know. Um, that chapter almost never got into my first book. It was like my manuscript was due in like three days and um, he was kind of like holding out on me. He wasn't answering my emails and I, and I knew that he was sick, that he was fighting cancer. And um, I'm just putting together my manuscript and I'm just like, mm, I want this game in there. So I sent him one more email and I was like, listen, I got like 3000 words left in this book. They're yours. They're yours if you want them. All I need is your answers and, you know, and like, let's do this. Um, he sent the answers and I thanked him and I never heard from him again. So I don't, I tried to do Google searches to see if he's still with us and stuff like that. I hope he is. Um, he gave me great answers for that chapter. Um, but he was fighting stage four cancer, Uh. you know? So it's just like, that's, that's a, that's another reason why I'm doing this because some of these people want to tell their stories. They don't know that I exist. And then some people have never gotten the opportunity to tell their story. So right, it's like, yeah. you know, no, yeah. because there's not a lot of us out there looking for these answers of, of mm-hmm. like, hey, tell us, tell us what happened. Tell us how the development process was like. Tell us cool stories, fun stories, bad stories. Like no mm-hmm. one's really doing that. Yep. And and I, I feel like I don't I mean, yes, I feel like that's a problem. Like anyone that's a video game fan or especially a retro video game fan, like you should want to know more. Like, if you're sitting there like, oh, I want to, you know, I, I, you you don't know the whole story. You never hold, mm-hmm. know the whole story. Like, I know you were talking about Doom, but, like, it, it jumped in my mind of Doom Troopers. Did you ever play the Doom Troopers game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I would love to ask the developers, like, 
What were the fuck? <laughs> not, not, not just what the fuck. Like, yes, okay. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, yes, we didn't, we didn't particularly like the game, but like, was there a reason like you did this? Was there a reason it looked like Donkey Kong in the first level? Like, like mm-hmm. what are, what wouldn't, I would love to know everything about just what was the development like? And mm-hmm. there's some people that can, that can just play the game and they're just like, uh, you know, it's a game. But then I feel like me and Goobs, we both are questioning, like, why does it look like this? Why does it play like this? Why do you have to stop when you shoot? Like, was there was there a uh, was that a choice or was that a development problem that you couldn't figure out? So that's why you have to stop and shoot or whatever. I don't remember Mm -hmm. if you have to stop and shoot. But like, I wonder all these things when when playing like uh yeah, I mean, we don't bring it up on the show very often because we're trying to get through the review and we're trying to get through all this information. But sure. man, I yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait to to crack one of your books open. It, it's really been can't. like hearing stuff like this, like just makes me feel great about like the future. Because I mean, in the beginning, I mean, I've been a college professor for fifteen years, and I had coworkers that were just like, you know, why are you writing about video games for? You know, it's just like you know, <laughs> shut up, Karen. I'm doing God's work. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, that's exactly like th- that's what was going on, and it's just like um, probably like a month and a half ago. Um, I go on every couple of days to WorldCat. If you guys have ever used WorldCat before, it's basically like this online library cataloging system where you can find out like every library that has a certain book. So every couple of days I go and see if new libraries have picked up like any of my books. And um, I mean, I was walking to Dunkin' Donuts and um, to get breakfast before I before I taught my it class Sounds like online. you're addicted to Dunkin' Donuts, sir. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, my wife and I drink so much coffee, it's ridiculous. Well, we have two kids, so, you know. Um, you got to. Yeah, I get it. So, so but well, Maybe um, the coffee's what got you into that problem in the first place. Yeah, that's probably, probably. <laughs> um, but I, I refreshed the World Cat page and Harvard. And I was like, Harvard University in their school library has my book. And I was just like, Oh, that's badass. Yeah. But I mean, Stanford has it on the back of yourself, a good old Barry Horowitz. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But like, I mean, over the past, like, you know, two and a half years from the first book, I mean, we are talking like Stanford, university of Pennsylvania, Michigan. Um, so we're talking like now in two and a half years, I'm in like pretty much every Ivy league school library, you know? And, um, UCLA teaches like a video game, like a history course and one of my books is like required reading and it's just like holy crap dude that's so, awesome that's fucking awesome. that's yeah. the hope that's you know a, like that's a round of applause dude yeah thank you you know you fucking you know? made it when you're part of a curriculum yeah absolutely you know and it's just like um it's been so hard because i mean in the beginning so many of like my co-workers were like oh because like my students were buying the book and it's not. Yeah, because you made them. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna fail not... unless you buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I never it's, said that. It's blackmail. You'll get extra you know? points. You just have them like, up on the desk with like a for sale sign. You just like so staring funny. at them. <laughs> well, see, that's the great thing about teaching college too is that like your students will Google you. You know, like they'll see like how how full of crap you are. You know, or how how legit you are. And or if you have an OnlyFans, you know, I mean. Come on now. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I mean, I had students coming in. Like, they're like, oh, I bought your book on Amazon. Can you, could you sign it for me? And I'm like, sure. You know, and then I have like other professors saying things like, oh, you're making them buy your books. And I'm like, 
my I teach literature and like short fiction. My books are nonfiction historical books. Like they're not even close. Like no, you know. So it's just like um, it's been really cool to see people come out and be interested in it. You know, um, and like we were talking about before, it's like if you're a video gamer. These are great. These are just like things that you could just sit down with like a sleeve of Oreos and just sit down and read. Um, but also, I mean, if you want to be a video game <laughs> developer, <laughs> you know, like if you want to be a video game developer and you want to see what it takes to like be a game developer. I mean, these people talk about like losing relationships with people. They yeah. talk about how crunch affects their personal life, you know, how they had to travel to different countries to finish games for the first time and, you know, all sorts of crazy, crazy things. And it's just yeah, like, a lot so, of sacrifices have to be made. Yeah. So it's, I mean, uh, Brian Mazik from Forbes said that like each chapter is like a, like a ESPN 30 for 30. And I mean, I think that's like, that you ask for a better sums it up than that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's really, and the thing is too, like I've been a college professor for 15 years. So people expect someone like me to write in this highfalutin, big word, big word way. And that's not the way that I write. You know, I write in a very like down to earth, very much the way that I speak down to earth, fun, human way. And, um, I want these so books to be able to be read by everybody. <laughs> I was, I was, that's what I was thinking is we, uh, as for the simple folk, we appreciate you writing dumb down for us. And I know you're not going to say dumb down, but you know, not, it doesn't need to be big words, especially the, absolutely it, 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 it's simplified is better for everyone. And, and I like, appreciate um, that. I remember when I first started really writing and I was writing for my college newspaper and stuff like that. And we went to um, Kansas city for like a journalism convention. And um, I met Eric Adelson who used to write for uh, ESPN, the magazine. He's all over the place now. He, he's, he covers the NBA for Yahoo now, I think. And um, I showed him some of my stuff and he's like, you have a, he's like, you have a conversational tone in your writing. And I'm like, is that bad? Is that good? I was like 19 years old. And he's like, no, it's great. He goes, because you write in a way where people feel like a story is being told. He's like, don't ever lose that. He's like, you're going to get degrees and you're going to learn all these big words. He goes, but you have to write in a way where the most people can understand you. That's how you connect with the most amount of people. And I was just like, okay. And that just kind of stuck with me, you know? So that's the way, that's the way that I write these. Man, I love that. Okay, we've we've talked a lot about your your mm -hmm. writing and stuff, and and I do want to sure. I do want to touch on like your voice acting and stuff. Sure, but I want to know like I, I ask this to to all our guests now. Like mm -hmm. this is the my standard question. Yeah, we have a mm -hmm. we have a couple questions that we just like to get out there just a sure a little bit more about our guests. Yeah, sure. So I I would love to know like. Which system were were you fighting for on the playground? Like, were you a Super Nintendo kid? Were you a Nintendo? Like, what was your your system you grew up on, and which was the system that you would like fight and die? Yeah, which <laughs> die one would you die on a hill for? <laughs> yes. Um. So the first console that I ever had was an NES. Yeah. And um, so like obviously like the original Mario Brothers, um, had a big impact on me. But like games like ice hockey, um, pro wrestling. Uh, Blades a winner Steel. is you. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, RBI Baseball, um, The Legend of Zelda. Those games all had a big impact on me. However, um, by the time I was like nine or ten, we had gotten a Genesis, and um, I had just I got the bug for all the ESB, uh, the all the Electronic Arts sports games. Okay. But also for like games like Wonder Boy, um, oh, Kings Wonder Bounty. Boy's a, a 
part of my heart, man. Yeah, I mean, I interviewed uh, Nisha Sawasan in the first book for, like, he talked about that game, and it's super hard to get Japanese developers to speak, um, and just to be able to chat with him was amazing. Um, That's a so game like, I play with my grandma all the time. Such a great game, such a great series with a really cool legacy. So, like, the Nintendo was, like, the, the NES was, like, the foundation. The Genesis expanded my horizons, and... That's where I developed like my love of sports games. Uh, the Game Boy, I love the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. So like uh, Mario Land, Mario Land Two, Kirby, um, all those games, uh, Link's Awakening, all those games had a huge, huge impact on me. However, um, the Super Nintendo, massive impact. The RPGs Ooh, on the Super yeah. Nintendo, Donkey Kong Country, amazing. The PlayStation One, though, that was probably the game changer. Um, because the PS1 had the library that the Genesis and Super Nintendo didn't have. It had the top-notch sports games, and it had the top-notch RPGs. Not originally, but eventually. Um, it's like, I was in heaven when I could sit down on my couch and play Wild Arms for like four or five hours. <laughs> and then and then pop in like NFL Game Day 98 and like right. NHL Face-Off. And, you know, um, so the PlayStation, huge, huge impact on me. And then... Um, by the time I was like 20, the PS2 came out, and I probably have like 400 games on the PS2. So I love the PS2. It's an amazing system. Uh, I think that's that's one of my favorite consoles, and and I always I always go back to well, it's the PS2. You've got this great PS2 library, but then you mm-hmm. can still play the PS1 library. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would be playing like uh, like NHL 2002. And then just say, you know what? I want to play Parasite Eve. And then just pop in, you know? And, and, then, five, and then five minutes later, pop in a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, the PS2 was a game changer. And then the thing was, I was one of those people where um, I had, like, every, like, cool add-on and peripheral for the PS2. Like, I had the motion animated samurai sword for onimusha i had the hard drive installed i played socom online every night on the ps2 you know that's hardcore man yeah that's very hardcore (laughs) yeah i mean i was playing like sims online like on the ps2 like i i loved that console um twisted metal black i mean oh so many good games on the ps2 and then i mean the xbox 360 i mean that's that's an amazing console too. Um, and Fallout three, Fallout New Vegas. I mean, those are just games too that I just invested so much time in. Too too much time. I, I did the same yeah. thing with, with all the Fallout games. I'm I'm one of those ones that put way too much time, more than I ever should have, trying to do all the side quests before I even thought about finishing the game. That was uh, Jenny Bean's games. Shout out to you, Jenny Bean. That's your shout out of this episode. I had to get <laughs> it in there. That's uh, Goob's wife. <laughs> she has to get a shout out every episode. Awesome. Or else, you know, I'll get punched in the dick. And then sleep on the couch with a sore dick. <laughs> yeah, you Man, don't want that. It, it it really does feel like I mean you you're you're right there in the trenches with us uh, gamers like the hardcore gamers the the kids that are kind of nerdy but you know it's not in the trenches this motherfucker's in the front line man yeah you you're the front you're taking the bullets for us we appreciate the fuck out of you uh, but now now that we know like you know some of your history of 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 the games that you played growing up. 
I got, we've we've got to jump into some of the voice acting stuff because that's sure. incredible. Like, sure. I'm a huge fan of voice acting. I I would love to do voice acting. I don't think I've got any cool voices that I can do particularly, but it is something you know. With podcasting, like you kind of sometimes you're like, man, may, maybe I could. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, if you could tell us tell us about the games that you've been involved with, and and I know you said you uh, off mic, you said you edited. You were, you were the editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about that. So so what originally happened was after the first uh, Minds Behind the Games came out, um, I started working on the sequel like a couple of weeks later because I started getting answers from developers that didn't get back to me in time. So it was just like, holy crap, like... I don't even know if this book is going to sell, but I kind of have to do a sequel because all these people are getting back to me and they deserve to have their stories told. Um, but at the same time, I own... And run a site, reviewfix.com, where I do a lot of interviews of like indie indie video games and things like that. So I never I never stopped writing for Review Fix while writing the book. So it's like um for the past like eleven years, um I've written two or three articles every day for Review Fix. Um, covering professional wrestling, covering indie music, covering video games, covering theater, covering food, like all sorts of like pop culture entertainment stuff. So in between writing the book, I would like go on Twitter and start looking through indie game hashtags and start seeing if I could find really cool indie games that like no one else was covering. So I would have unique content for reviewfix.com. So I came across this game that looked really cool. It had like this Minecraft kind of look to it, voxel powered visuals, but um, the lighting was really good. Um, and it was just basically this Catholic priest walking through like this forest and all of a sudden like this tree that looked like, like one of the trees from wizard of Oz just like bitch slaps him. (laughs) So I'm like, this is cool. So I emailed the developer and I'm like, dude, I'd love to do like a Q and a with you for the site. I'd love to send you some questions and kind of link to like your page and like, we'll embed like a trailer. So people find out more about your game. Cause it was on, it was on steam early access and things like that. And he was like, sure. So we do the interview. And it's good. Um, and they're really nice. And they keep talking to me. So they're like, do you want to play the beta? I'm like, sure. So I start playing the beta. And like, um, I notice that it's very much like an homage to Alone in the Dark. So there's a lot of text. Um, but it's definitely got this really cool sense of ambiance and environment. It's a, it's a survival horror game with a Catholic priest protagonist. Where he's like stuck in this haunted mansion trying to find out like where his like mentor is and there's zombies and this and that it's really cool um but the first line in the game is um it's been a week since the disappearance of cardinal benedict uh benedictus and week was spelled w-e-a-k instead of w-e-e-k right and i'm like guys this is like a point and click survival horror game your text like needs to be spotless um if the first line there's a typo, you're gonna turn off a ton of people. Yeah, like it so sounds like, like something got, we would do. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. So I was like, if you guys want me to go in, I will edit because I'm like visually your game. I love it. I think it looks really cool. I'm like, I love the sound. The music is great. Um, I was like, I'll go in and I'll edit every single line of dialogue. So we ended up having a conversation about how much that would cost them. They agreed. I did it the same day. So I went through like every line, like we're talking like two, 3000 lines of dialogue. I edited it in a day. Um, 
I send it back to them. They pay me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, I want to get credit too in, in the, you know, in the manual. And they're like, yeah, of course, absolutely. They're like, you, you're, you're an editor, you're a story editor. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, a couple of weeks co- go by, they send me more and I'm like, oh, okay. So they're like, this is going to be an ongoing thing. They're like, we're not done writing the plot. So, so now I'm like a member of the team. I'm like, this is really freaking cool. That is. So cool. now, so now they're sending me builds. So now I'm doing like QA too. I'm like, oh, I just found a bug. Da da da. So now I'm like really involved and it's really cool. So now we're getting ready to go to Kickstarter to get some money, and um, they asked me to edit the Kickstarter. Because these guys are from Bulgaria, so their English isn't great. Right. So they're they're like, we want you to edit the entire Kickstarter. They're like, we'll write most of it, but we want you to edit it, and make sure it's clean. Da 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 da. I'm like, okay, it's a lot of pressure, but okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so like two weeks before we were gonna go live on Kickstarter. Hell, they, they could be messaged. Rusev's brothers, man. Basically, you know, <laughs> they're really nice guys. They're so nice. Like I still talk to them to this day, obviously, because we're working on the sequel. But um. They're like the voice actor left. They're like, we're fucked. I'm like, well, to be honest, I didn't like his voice very much. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he sounded like Russell Brand. I'm like, this is supposed to be like a survival. It's supposed to be like a survival horror game. And it's like, you know, I'm like a wacky English man, you know, walking through like, you know, the mansion, oh, yeah. you know. That and doesn't like, fit. Mm, yeah, that no. doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. So they're like, well could you do something better? And I'm like, yeah. So I go in my man cave and I'm just like, shit, what did I do? <laughs> I'm like, this is so much pressure. And it's like, I can do a lot of stupid voices and I do a good Kermit the Frog. I do a good Jigglypuff and stuff like that. Jiggly! Um, <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm like, I can't do the Russell brand because that sucked. And I'm like, I I knew that it needed like a deeper register and the boy, the voice needed to have bass. It needed to have a lot of bass. So I couldn't do the, in a world, one man I couldn't do that either. Cause that would just be hilarious. Like right. it's supposed to be a survival horror game. So I'm like, what if I could do that deep voice with an English accent? So a boy came across this dark English voice. My name is Alexander. And I am the Padre. Hello. You know, and Ooh, I sent it good. to them. And they that were like, good. Yeah, they're like, really this, good. They're like, this is fucking awesome. They're like, can you do that? Like now? Can you record everything right now? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like trying to find that voice. I was like, I, my throat was bleeding by the time I was done. Like, no joke. Do you, so do you then, know how many lines that you had to record for? Oh, that day? 4,000. Like over oh, 4,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was like two hours worth of work. I just like you know, Holy I just did every, I did everything shit. like two takes, you know, like hello, 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 you know, and just went through like the whole thing. Um, but it was great because by the end of the night, these guys were busting their ass and they put in everything. They took this guy out of the game, and wow. they put me, and they put me in. So holy shit, dude, that's yeah. incredible. That that is that is hardcore. Holy shit, that's incredible. So what happened was though we didn't get funded in Kickstarter. Ah. which which sucked but what happened was we had done so many interviews and we did twitch uh we we hopped on a bunch of people's twitch channels and like we we were talking to them while they were playing and we got a really nice following to the point where we got picked up by Fear Demic 
and they published the first game. So the first game is available like on on uh, Steam, PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and it's done well. You know, and it's a lot of fun, and it's an old school, like survival horror game. Feels very much like the original Resident Evil and Alone in the Dark. Um, and it made the the sequel possible. And the the sequel is a dual stick shooter that just like bulls to the wall, like craziness. Like it's so it's so much fun. Um, but that was the beginning of my my journey in video games, and then uh, I ended up pitching my my talents to a couple of other indie developers. So I'm in the Caillou Offensive. Uh, and I'm the narrator in Caillou? that game. Caillou? Not a fucking children's cartoon, right? Oh, not Caillou. Kaiju. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I know. I that would Caillou. be more I interesting. Caillou. I was like, I hate, no, no. I want to punch <laughs> that kid in the face. <laughs> Everyone wants to punch <laughs> that kid in the face. I'm Caillou. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come here. Come here. I'm just you know, a kid um, who's for Fuck you. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I'm the narrator in that game. Um, and that's kind of like a top-down cross between like rampage and the original grand theft auto so that's oh, a lot that's of cool fun. that mm-hmm. is cool. you get to play um, as actual kaiju during that like yeah 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 it's a lot of fun so if you look that up that's pretty cool um i'm the voice of the main character in uh, relentless rex which is currently in development i play the the t-rex that's chasing the little t-rex so i kind of <laughs> sound like shredder from teenage mutant ninja turtles with like an austrian accent <laughs> in that game um, I play the the T Rex, so I'm like, hey, get over here, hello. I'm a big T Rex. I, I was about to ask you. for a little example. You, you, that was awesome. Here's a little example. Yeah, I'm coming after you with my big claws and little hands. And oh my god, here, dude, you know. that's fucking amazing. Um, so, so I'm like, we we did a Kickstarter for that, and I did like the entire Kickstarter. Like he did. The, the creator did this really cool animation and the whole thing is in my voice like as that it's so much fun and we got funded on Kickstarter so that was great um, dude that's awesome rats, bro. thanks yeah. so that's still in development but um, one of the games that like I'm really excited there's two games that I'm really excited about and I'll go through them fast because I know you guys don't want to listen to me all day um, oh no we, well, could, well, we well, could though invested <laughs> um, so while I was on the promotional tour for the first book doing podcasts and stuff, I get a message on Facebook and it's like, um, is this Patrick Hickey, the author of the minds behind the games? And it like went into like my restricted folder because the person wasn't friends with me. You know? Right. And I see Pete Paquette. So I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, that's the, that's the senior animator from Bioshock infinite. Holy shit. And I'm like, is this Pete Paquette, the senior animator from Bioshock Infinite? And he's like, he's like, how, how the hell do you know who I am? And I'm like, how do you know who I am? <laughs> so I end up going on his podcast, and oh my god, amazing guy! Um, so after the podcast is over, he goes to me. He's like, um, if well, you you're, you're really taking a step down here, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming to the secret levels compared to that. No, that's, that's it's okay. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. So so he's like, if you ever want to do more in the video game industry, let me know. And I'm just like, I'm letting you know. <laughs> so like two weeks go by and then he calls me and he gives me this like pitch for a game. And he's like, okay. And it was very bare bones, you know? Um, and he's like, okay. He goes, I want you to write the rest. And I'm like, oh. what? He's like, I want you to just name the characters fill out like the entire backstory the lore he goes i want you to create the world that this so game pretty much lives a in. dream for anyone oh my god that's 
I, you know what? Let me let me let me add real quick. Me and Goobs have this thing on our Patreon where we're coming up with old video games and coming up mm-hmm. with backstories and stuff. This is a dream for like geeks like us. So oh, yeah, I mean, it it totally like made my day. So the name of that game, I'm gonna actually send the link to you guys in the in the Skype so you can actually take a look at it. It's a uh, it's basically like the Legend of Zelda um, had a baby. With Akari Warriors. Okay. Okay. So it's it's uh the name of the game is called Kroom. Um and it's it's basically like if Zelda if Link had a sword and a gun at the same time. Like it's just so much fun. So we've been developing that for probably like a year. It's me, Pete, and his brother. His brother is the composer and the engineer. Pete is the artist and the animator, and I'm the oh, writer fuck, and that's like amazing. QA guy. Um so I, I am the voice of the main character. Um, in the game, and I and I wrote the story. So that is that incredible. Game, that game's in development right now. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that. That's Kroom K R O O M G A M E dot com for anyone yeah, that wants game. to look into it. Dot com. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one game that I'm super proud of. Another game. Um, I talked about Tony Barnes before being like one of these developers that everybody should know, and um, I uh, I'm doing narration on a game that he's doing right now called R D R A. Uh, run, die, run again. And it's like a first-person uh, platformer, like a runner that's really freaking cool. It's got, a, like, really cool characters. I love the lighting. It looks really sexy. It's fast. So, but, like, I went from interviewing Tony for my books to him seeing, like, some of the stuff that I was on. And he's like, oh, if you want to do voiceover, like, in my game, I'd love to have you. And I'm like, dude, I would love to help you. You know, so it's like... My career has kind of gone full circle. I just love like, the connections that you're making throughout doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And then you're and getting like, to do more of what you love just from doing your book. It's fucking great, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, love it's it. like um, Alana Pierce. I'm sure you guys know who Alana Pierce is. Um, she uh, she just got signed uh, with Sony uh, Santa Monica. And she's going to be she's gonna be writing for them. And she's a really popular streamer and Instagram and Twitter personality, but she used to do shows for IGN and stuff like that. And she, she's a hustler. She works super hard and she kind of went from like journalism to gaming. Uh, and she's done voiceover in a couple of games and stuff like that. And I don't know if that was like ever her true intention or not, but she's, I mean, she's, she's a rock star already and she's going to be like even bigger. And for me, like four years ago, my wife was pregnant and I wanted to just do something really cool before my daughter was born. And I felt like this book was going to be something that I was going to be really proud of, like for the rest of my life. And then it, it just turned into, you know, by next year at this time, I'm going to have like six books out and I'm working on the seventh right now. And multiple um, games and everything too. Like, holy yeah. hell, man. And now, I, yeah, now I'm doing voiceover, story editing, writing on a whole bunch of games and stuff like that. So Whoever just, like, knew I all this stuff would come true just like four years ago for you. Yep. Yep. That's fucking so, awesome, bro. I mean, I couldn't have even imagined that any of this stuff would happen. But it's just like, again, if you're passionate about something and you show people that you're passionate, not just telling, because that's the thing too. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten off of podcasts or, or done interviews with people and after they're like, oh, I'm just as passionate as you. Can you can you hook me up with the people that you know and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it Fuck, it there goes re- my thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really like, <laughs> you're so funny. You're so funny. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, right. it's like there's no, there's no magical 
formula. Like it's like the way I got into voice acting. Oh, it's just acting. a thirst to go for. You just gotta yeah. put yourself out there. It's, it's so hard. Like I have so many friends that are like, "Oh, if you ever need like a voice for another game," I'm like, "It doesn't. It doesn't work that way." No, like, it's just like, no, not at it's all. It's so hard, you know. So, but it's just it, this has been such a fun ride for me, and like uh, with Padre Two in development now. Like, uh, I never thought that I would be the voice of a main character of a game. That's one. But then now it's a series. That's even cooler. Hell yeah. And then to be working on more than one game, because that's the thing, too. I never wanted to be like a one hit wonder. You know, I never wanted to do just one book. I didn't ever you don't want this just to be, be in one th- game. Uh, t- uh, thub thumping? Thub thumping? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did not want to be Chumbawamba. <laughs> you know? So. So yeah, so it's it's been it's been fun, and I'm far I'm far from done. Like this, is, if anything, has just lit a, a huge fire in me, and I'm I'm just like I'm ready. I think to you keep just lit a this. huge fire underneath us and a bunch of our yeah. listeners as well. I, I hope so. You know what? I hope I, so. I do feel it. I do feel it. Like I feel like man, there's so much more I need to add to the show and the research, and like you 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 have like added a. I feel like you added a new layer of like shit. I've I've really got to give these developers more more love and stuff because like i mean yeah i hope that we're we're bringing more interest to these games the the mm-hmm. the lesser known games and maybe one day someone will be like ah oh, i wonder i wonder what the deal was with this game and i hope that that sparks that that wonder from us of of talking about it and and the little bit of that little bitty bit of knowledge that we could find on the internet you know because we couldn't reach out so Man, yeah, I, I feel like you have uh, you, you've inspired us a little bit today. So that's the that's the thing too. It's like um, I talk to people all the time, and um, as a college professor too, like that's the hope to like try and you know light a fire in somebody. But I mean, you, at the end of the day, you really, you really like never know. You know, it's like somebody reads your book, and you're just kind of, they, they could either be like indifferent to it, or you could speak to somebody, and you you put your heart out on your sleeve, and you share like your passion, and you just you just like never know. So to be able to hear that, like, I appreciate that a lot because, I mean, that's my hope to connect to people and for people to be like, you know what, I want to, I not only want to see what he's doing, but I want to try and do it in my own way. Because, like, for me, I mean, I saw a lot of shitty video game books out there, but, yeah. like, I also saw some good ones, you know, like by Brett Weiss, by Ken Horowitz, by Leonard Herman, you know, um, that I was like, you know what, these guys are all doing something really cool. But they're doing it their own way, I think, like, because I love to interview people. That's my favorite style of journalism. I love the interview, and I'm like, if I could combine, like, my love of history, of video game history, and, and my ability to tell a good story through an interview, I think I'd be okay. And so far, so good. Man, that's that's awesome. Okay. Uh, well, you definitely think- carried this show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might need to start a podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People say that to me all the time, and it's like it's so funny because it's like again, I don't. There's a lot of work on the side. Yeah, no, it's a ton of work, and it's just like promoting a book, and like I, I, I'm promoting the book. I'm working on like I'm working on two more books as we speak. I'm doing VO. I'm and working on like four other games right now. Um, I run a site. I'm I'm a full time college professor. I'm a husband. I'm a father. So it's just like. People ask me all the time, they're like, why don't you do your own podcast? And I'm just like, one, I don't know if it would be fun for me. And then two, I don't know 
if people would be able to connect with me. I don't know if I'm charismatic enough to like run a uh, like a consistent podcast. So it's just like there's so many different things. It's like what I do know that I think I do well is is write these books. So <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna like continue to do for the time being until people stop buying them. That's very fair. That's that's a, a very fair way to put it. Um because i don't think people <laughs> i don't think people realize what goes into a podcast i know it's just us talking and stuff but then editing and making sure it's up and then trying sure. to promote it and well, just like you, you playing the games all the research all the shit too like there's a lot more that goes into the hour and a half two hours that we do absolutely just like the a lot more goes into writing the fucking 1200 pages or whatever you do for your book mhm sure yeah yeah so uh, I don't know, man. I I, I feel like we're you all do, artists you, in our own way. Yeah, Absolutely. you you've got a lot on your plate already, and it's very understandable when you're like, man, I don't I don't know we about don't a want podcast. Her to take away any of our listeners, so <laughs> <laughs> we what we want to do is keep bringing you back, so people are like, all right, I'm, re- I'm ready to hear more. Yeah, from Patrick. once you have more projects uh, coming out, feel free to reach out to us. Absolutely, and like jump um, right back in. The uh, the Genesis book is going to be out probably at the end of 2021. The Minds Behind the Shooter Games, um, the biggest book that I have out that that when it comes out will be the biggest book that I've I've released yet. That that's probably going to be out in like January, um, and that has just so many. That has like Wolfenstein, Halo Three, Metroid Prime, Call of Duty, uh, Medal of Honor, Chiller, Missile Golden Command. Um, no, no. <laughs> and edit that out, Toby. No, I'm just no, no, it's okay. No, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like I, I reached out to those guys several times, you know. Um, and I, I have connections in Rare because like Conquer's Bad Fur Day is in the adventure book, and oh, cool. um, you know I that's drop so cool. names I'm and things like that. And, but it's just like sometimes, sometimes it's just not meant to be and you know like that's the thing i love when people do that because i could be like you know what i have 39 games and i have halo 3 and i have this and i have that and i I have soldier of fortune i have like so many great shooter games in there from like the beginning of the industry to today and then they'll go well do you have this one and i'll go no and they'll go ah shit but that's the thing it's just like why can't I do the minds behind the shooters too? Yeah, one day, you know, like so. That's the thing. It's just like, or why can't I do the minds behind the Nintendo sixty four games and eventually get oh. to it? So that's the thing. It's just like I want people to know that if I don't get a game like in a specific book, that doesn't mean that I won't eventually get. It. Like I'll give you another example. It's not the be all like, end all. Yeah, it's not the end all be all. And um, so like in the first book, I interviewed the uh the programmer of one game. And then um, the book that I'm working on now, which I can't give away yet because I haven't signed the contract for it yet, but um, it's a, it's a system-based book. It's a console-based book. Um, I'm talking to now the designer of the same game. And he's like, the story that this guy gave you is factual. He goes, but there's a lot more. And I'm like, well, let's have your side of the story. So now he's going to tell, like, so it's the same game in two different books, but two completely different people telling two different sides of the development oh, cycle. Oh, that's so, great. You know, so... That's so fun. That is that is so much fun. So it's like it's like Lamb Chops Play Along. It's like this, this song that never ends. <laughs> oh, God. You know, which is the best part. You this know? is the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. God yep. damn it. Why'd you have to get that stuck in my head? <laughs> now it's stuck in your head. Can you sing it in that voice, please? This is the song that doesn't end. 
<laughs> oh man uh, you know i know we wanted to talk wrestling and stuff but we're, we're already running a little long no uh, no we're running i'm uh, down are, i'm down okay you know we're to. good sure so you, you no we're talking wrestling this is part of, <laughs> sure. all right yeah, we're, this one's gonna be a little bit longer let's go for it yeah yeah fuck it man like we're already here we got everything out yeah. already on the red carpet let's talk about some fucking wrestling the scares uh, cool. squared circle not the square not the sure. scared circle so uh, I've actually done a lot of I've interviewed the developers of a ton of wrestling games. So like we've got like WCW NWO Revenge, um, uh, WWF Warzone on the PS One. Oh, uh, that was my so first. That was my first wrestling game to own as a. I mean, as a like you know on the PlayStation One wrestling mm-hmm. game. That was the first one. WrestleMania, the arcade game, um, WWF Raw and R- Royal Rumble on the Genesis. So it's like I've I've interviewed uh, the developers of tons of wrestling games. Pro Wrestling X, which is like one of the most infamous wrestling games of all time. It's been in development for over like 12 years. Um, action Arcade Wrestling on the 360. Like I've interviewed tons of – I love wrestling video games. But I, I actually – I love real wrestling too. My, uh, my master's thesis was on um, – what it takes to go from like being a fan of wrestling to becoming a professional wrestler. Oh, I interviewed awesome. like tons of professional wrestlers for it, like Harley Race, Diamond Dallas Page, Low Key, um, Johnny Rods. I actually spent like a week at Gleason's gym interviewing him and the guys. I actually got a staph infection on my face. Oh um, shit! Oh, from yeah, being at the gym. From being in the gym and not knowing how filthy the place was, while I was taking pictures and interviewing people. So like back then, I had a lot more hair. And I had like the like the Tyson kid like flip that had like I had a lot of gel in my hair and I had like the flip and I was sweating because it was so hot. And I kept I kept just like rubbing my face and like after like a week like half my face was just engulfed with the staph infection. Oh my god! My my wife my wife was like, listen, um, I'm not kissing you, hugging you, anything until you go to like the doctor and get that checked out because that is not like normal like you need to go and i was going to work with it and i was like i didn't miss a day of graduate school and stuff and i went to the doctor and they they had no idea what it was and they were like you're a writer and i'm like yeah and they're like what are you writing (laughs) i'm just like about professional wrestling they're like you've gone to like a gym and stuff like that and i'm like yeah they're like yeah it's a staph infection and um they gave me um basically they gave me uh medication for uh for anthrax whoa and uh yeah like anthrax medication and uh within like three or four days i was fine but they were like if you would have waited a little bit longer you could have gotten like really sick and you could have possibly died so um <laughs> i mean that's not funny but like it's yeah it's like holy fuck like so it's like i tell people all the time it's like you know because like I've, I've eventually i work with a couple of indie wrestling promotions now like helping them with uh booking and crafting some- <laughs> shout them out shout them out like if they've got so if- battle club pro um that's one of my best friends, um, Joe Kim Morales. His uh, that's his promotion. We went to high school together, and um, I cover all of his shows for ReviewFix.com. And then there's a couple of wrestlers that I won't mention by name, but they we talk, we go through their tapes a lot. I help them with their move sets and like their oh, personas and shit cool. like that. So I'm pretty big so into the of, indie scene. I've I've heard mm-hmm. of that. So even up here in Canada, so, mm-hmm. they're known. So like perfect example, like Canada. I mean. Uh, Scotty Mack was a huge, huge help to me for my master's uh, thesis. That That's the guy that runs ECCW, Eastern Canadian Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling. 
and like Becky Lynch started there and Tennille Dashwood. He used to go out with Tennille Dashwood. Um, he's super talented, Scotty Mack. And like he gave me this great like behind the curtain kind of thing. He's like, you know, I'm a bartender. And he goes, nobody knows my real name. You know, he goes, they just know me by my wrestling persona. And he's like, my wrestling persona is like, I'm a fucking asshole womanizer. And he goes, so that's kind of like the way that I have to be sometimes. Like, this is, a, this we're talking, this is like 2010, 2011. Living the gimmick. Living the gimmick. Gim- and the gimmick is still being, living kayfabe is still alive. You yes. Know? So it's just so cool. So cool. That is awesome. One of the biggest indie guys up here right now is Ethan Page. And he's all over the fucking place right now. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He runs a great Fed up here and like all the TNA, of course, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I yep. love Ethan Page. I met him several times. Mm-hmm. I own a bunch of his merch, and uh, my kid met him, and my my son bought a bunch of his DVDs and pins too, because he just won my son over. Super nice dude. I was so happy when Josh Alexander got signed, came to, came to Impact, and got signed, and those two because Ethan Page was great by himself. But he needs but Josh like Alexander. A- I just wanted to see them him, work but, like, together. The tag team is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now, like the feud that they're going to have with the Good Brothers is going to be great. So, because yeah. I feel like oh, the, the Good Karate Brothers... Man might come out. Man, you got to watch out for the Karate Man. I'm just happy though that like the Good Brothers got their bulls back because they were neutered in WWE. That's so right. bad. They were. They, they're also was... neutered on their last pay per view they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, oh, the ball. Man. The Ball versus ball match on uh, mm-hmm. Talking Shop Mania. Yeah, Talking Shop Mania oh too. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. too, too. Oh man. Yeah. It, so it, who was uh, like, if you had to make a gimmick, like what would your gimmick name be for wrestling? It's so funny though too because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about like, um, like work because I'm a college professor. Like that's my full time job and stuff like that. And uh, I said something along the lines of like, I'm like the CM Punk of the office. Like I, I'm willing to like stand up for like what is right. And drop I don't care what people, what people think yeah, and drop a pipe bomb <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and the guy, the guy that I was talking to is like, he's like, you're not CM Punk. He goes, because CM Punk quit. He goes, you're DDP. He goes, you're absolutely positively DDP. And and that's like, that's my favorite wrestler of all time too. I've interviewed him. Um, but he was like, he goes, you don't know what he goes, but you, he goes, you're absolutely DDP. And he goes, he goes like the way you write, he goes, the things that you've had to do in your life. And he goes, you're 37 and you're like reinventing yourself every single day. <laughs> it's like another thing. Like I've lost like 130 pounds over the last two years. Nice. So he's just like, he's just like you, he goes, you're fucking DDP and you don't know it. And I'm like, okay, all right, I guess I'm DDP. So, which is fine. And he's like the impact that you have on other people and da 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 da. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I'll take it. Hey, well, what, uh, hey. what shoot gimmick name would you have, man? The Caucasian sensation. <laughs> <laughs> And that that comes from so I went to I went to William E. Grady High School in Brooklyn, New York, and um we used to call it No Lady Grady because there was no women in the school. Um, <laughs> but um I mean there was probably like it was probably like eighty percent African American, like fifteen percent uh Hispanic and like five percent Asian and white, you know, and um if you didn't have like a pair and if you didn't stand up for yourself, you could have a really tough time in Grady. And, um, luckily, I mean, I'm six foot four. I can shoot three pointers. Um, 
and I have a big mouth, I fit right in. <laughs> I fit right in. Like we, I have, I have friends from Grady that I still talk to to this day that I absolutely love. Um, one of my best friends, um, he's like six three, African American guy, and they used to call us the Dudley Boys because like we would walk everywhere <laughs> and we would just like, you know, um, we were on the base. We were on the baseball team together, and I was the starting catcher, and he was the star pitcher. So just like we, we just like so we, you, we you just, were the pitcher and catcher. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so terrible, you guys are terrible. So like, so yeah, so like that's that's where that like you know. So like the kids used to joke around and like they 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 would say, man, like all the, like, all these kids, all the white boys in this school, they're all pussies. And I'm like, no, 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 like yo, don't talk like that. And they're like, no, 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 no. You you're cool though, Pat. You're like the Caucasian sensation. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then, like, a couple of teachers started joking around, and they started calling me the Caucasian sensation. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I'll never forget, this is, like, this is like 1999, 2000. I was in uh, chorus, and uh, my chorus teacher, she was great. She was, like, this really young, cool professor, and she used to make uh, CDs for the kids. Like, if you, if you gave her, like, a list, she would make you a CD. And um, this was, like, right when, like, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory came out and stuff like that. And, right. Um, she made me this awesome CD and it was just like on the CD she made she made like a sticker and it said like the Caucasian Sensations <laughs> mixtape and I was like wow Do you still so have crazy. this? Yeah, I still have yes. that. Awesome. I feel I feel like you got the the Enzo Amore kind of vibe like I am the, the Caucasian Sensation. I would just I would just beat Enzo's ass in real life though. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. I would be. I would just. He wouldn't stand a chance against me. So. <laughs> well, you, ta- you tower too, over like, him about two foot. So we don't. We don't talk about that a lot. Like I. I tell people this all the time. A lot of the indie people that I come across, I'm like, size is important, but it's not the most important thing. Like your attitude is super important. Because my yeah. thing is like, it's like. Um, I'll give you a perfect perfect example. Darby Allen. I look at Darby oh, Allen. He's and a I'm sweetheart. Like, I met him a, a couple times. I'm sure he's a sweetheart. He, he's got like nobody is that like you know his gimmick is definitely not who he is. You know, no, and he's like most, so nice. Most skateboarders that I've met are totally like down to earth and chill. You know, um, hey, I'm like, an ex skateboarder right here, <laughs> and you're chill. Yeah, hey, you're chill. I appreciate you know, it. But it's just like I look at Darby Allen and I'm like, yeah, you got paint on your face. Yeah, you got a skateboard, but in a thumbtack jacket. You're not, yeah, in a thumbtack. But see, that's the thing. You look at him and you're just like, yeah, who are you trying to impress? I'll kick your ass. And then you see him wrestle, though. And that coffin drop is like, he's got completely, like, no regard for his body. He doesn't give a fuck. Yep. And then you're like, if I punch this guy in the face. He's not going to care. He's not going to care. No. I probably don't want to fight him. So then what (laughs) happens is, as a fan, you go, all right, that's somebody that I wouldn't want to fuck with, but I'll buy his shirt and I'll root for him. Yep. You know, and it's like it's the it's the reason why smaller guys get over. It's like you look at Daniel Bryan, and he's not the biggest guy in the fight, but you're like, man, that guy's just gonna keep coming at me, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I want to respect like, the beer T-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, Absolutely. If you had a, uh, a a top three or four, yeah, five. If you had a top five wrestlers of all Mount time, Mount Rushmore. Who, let's go. Who's who's your Mount Rushmore top four? 
Uh, uh, I know so that's I'm, on the spot and that's hard to do. I'm I, super impartial to technical wrestlers and I'm super impartial to Canadian wrestlers. I'm just saying that for the record. Um, I think the best wrestlers are from Canada. So uh, trying to win say his over. one name, call him Brice Kenwa, because that's yeah. what we do on here. <laughs> He's definitely on there, without a doubt. So I, listen, 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 Goobs is I Canadian, want- but I'm Texan. So if you say, you know, Stone Cold... Oh, so- yeah, so you're gonna like this. So you're gonna like this. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say Stone Cold. Okay. Um, I love his gimmick, but um, in ring, I mean, yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of the big WWE guys are like five moves of doom guys. You know, yeah, yes, they really are. Yeah, even like The Rock. The Rock is five moves of doom. Yes, you know? like, he is. But I okay. So here we go. So Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, love Diamond Dallas Page. Um, your boy that we just said we won't say his name. He's like Voldemort, right? Uh, Ken <laughs> Wall. Yes, um, Raven. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. Just because. <laughs> Who doesn't like Raven? Yeah, the gimmick. The gimmick like is just so good. It and is then, good. Like, he's super underrated as a wrestler. Like some of his stuff in TNA and WATNA was just so. Good. You know what? His whole feud in WCW with DDP is some of my great. favorite stuff over the US title. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. some of my favorite stuff that no one ever talks about. It's the mm-hmm. best. So the the Texas guy, um, Stan Hansen, without a doubt. Okay, um, I yeah. love love Stan Hansen. First off, the clothesline is one of the most like overused moves in wrestling history. Um, but if done correctly, it is an amazing move to watch. Oh like, yeah, if somebody does it properly, and nobody has a better clothesline than Stan Hansen. Yeah, like I like. I f- I feel like uh, Bradshaw got uh, JBL got real like I mean he got he's, real close. Yeah, he's he's real close to how devastating it can actually mm-hmm. look. Yep, yep. I, I I'm with you. And then um, hmm. and then I'd probably go for like number five, probably like Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh yeah. Um, either Jushin Thunder Liger or AJ Styles. Like those guys, just oh. Those guys tell stories in the ring, and they're more like stunt artists. They're like stunt doubles than like because some of the shit that like AJ does in the ring, you're just like, there's no reason to ever do anything <laughs> like that in the ring. Right. But it just because like for me, my favorite era of wrestling is probably like 2003 to like 2007 uh, Impact, where you just have like balls to the wall like 20 minute matches where like some of the stuff like ddp was doing in tna was insane some of the matches that he was having and like some of those x division gauntlet matches you were just like oh my god so i love to see i love to see people work you know and i i think like every aj styles match that you watch that means something like he oh him and shinsuke in and fucking wrestle kingdom oh my god mm-hmm Oh yeah, uh, Nakamura is another guy that's so talented that got totally neutered in WWE. Yeah, Cesaro is another guy. Like, why is Cesaro not champion? Why is he not a singles champion? Yes, why like, is he right not in the main picture all the time? Doesn't it, make any sense. It's a crime. It's a crime. Yep. So bad. So man, crazy. yeah, but he, yeah, that would be my that would be my Mount Rushmore. That's a pretty good Rushmore. I I, I dig it. I dig it completely. Um. But uh, I think we should start wrapping up. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to? Okay. So first off, uh, where can you get the books again? So the book is available wherever fine books are sold digitally. So we're talking Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Books a Million, Indigo, like pretty much everywhere. It's Wait, available if you really want to help our boy out, you go to 
Yeah, patrickhickeyjr.com um, forward slash books. Or you could just, if you just go to patrickhickeyjr.com, you'll see it comes up books. And then all four books that are available to either order or pre-order are available right there. And you get them. Um, so not only is my royalty higher, which is obviously important because you're buying directly from me. For sure. That's, obvious, that's obviously like, you know fiscally important to me like you know i I have a family to support and stuff like that but the the best part is that like i get to know who you are and we get to communicate (laughs) yeah and and where you live you know and if you leave a bad review on amazon i swear i'll come there i swear no i'm like (laughs) okay no (laughs) but but again if you're willing to travel to canada man i'll shake your hand oh my god (laughs) one day once all this crazy stuff is over that's the thing too it's yeah, we have like a bunch of conventions up here once all this shit is done because this shit is absolutely awful. and the thing is too it's like i have two small kids i have a daughter that's three and my son just turned six months and it's like oh congratulations. every thank you um every day that they've been on this earth i've fallen asleep in in the house with them you know like i've had opportunities to like travel to like los angeles and the midwest yeah, and stuff and it's just like shit. yeah i can't risk it but then even before covid it's just like i want to be as close to my kids as possible so it's like i've tried to stay like new york jersey connecticut and stuff like that and i've done a lot of online yeah, stuff we're and obviously that far from each other I'm, on, I'm ontario so oh nice like nice. toronto there you go mm-hmm. oh you're a maple leafs fan uh i don't watch real sports oh okay awesome because <laughs> i'm an just, islander fan just so it's like you guys kind of i just watch scripted fake sports <laughs> you guys you guys stole our franchise player oh did we yeah, but he sucks now for you guys. So, and we're a lot better now because of it. So, I, I'm, not, <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, thank you, thank you for taking the the eight million dollars a year off our books. And so, but yeah, oh man, but yeah. So, I get to know you. I get to interact with you. Um, I get to put really cool stuff in your book. I get to sign your book, and establish a relationship with you. That's like the most important thing. Because that's, I mean. I love going on Amazon and reading like user reviews and stuff, but I'm just like, I would love to like, thank you. Right. You know, I would love to like, or I would love to like perfect example. So I have a Facebook page. It's like the minds behind the games, like facebook.com minds behind the games. And, um, for all of the books after the first one, I'll throw up questions like what's your favorite adventure game. And I'll get like things like croc or I love croc. Not going to lie. I love croc. Croc is in the adventure book. Oh, yes. Because somebody said they wanted it. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to reach out to the developer. Or I'm like, give me a really sexy, independent first-person shooter. And another podcaster that's on my page, Stephen Fontana, really cool guy. He's like Dusk. He's like, Dusk is a really cool first-person shooter you should look into. And contacted the guys. And that's in the minds behind the shooter games. You know, so it's just like... If I know that you exist and you have a game that you always wanted to find out more about, let's do it. Let's work together. That's awesome. You know, somebody, somebody for the Minds Behind the Shooter Games is like, you know, Star Fox is actually a shooter game. And I'm like, you're right. I'm like, people usually think about Star yes. Fox. They, they think about the adventure, you know, but it is a shooter game. Right. You know? So then I reached out to Dylan Cuthbert, the guy that created the technology for the Super FX ship and the guy that created Star Fox. And I'm do just like, can we do something? <laughs> yeah. And and boom, Star Fox is in the minds behind the shooter games. You know? So it's just like, if I know that you exist, then I will do whatever I can to put something in this book that makes it 
worthwhile for Have you. you thought it may about not be opening your own Discord. Um, yeah, but then I'd have to clone myself. <laughs> yeah, you, you've already got a lot going on. You've that's got... the thing too. If you guys go on my Instagram at Patrick Hickey Jr., like I post, I'm on Instagram. Like, yeah, no, crazy. you're uh, constantly in my timeline, and I love it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, so I know some, me some people hate it, some memories. people like it. Mm-hmm. So, but that's how I get a lot of ideas, and like that's the thing. If somebody, if I see somebody likes like five or six of my posts, I'll contact them and I'll be like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'll try and have a conversation with them. And I I sell books that way too. But then also too, like I contacted you guys. I saw that you guys were doing really cool work, and I was like, "Hey, you have guests on your show." So it's just, I mean, that's... Yeah, he did that uh, earlier this week, and it's like, "Well, we have time to fill. Let's fucking let's mm-hmm. do this." Yeah. So I mean, I'm one of those people. It's like there's so many. You guys are going to meet so many people in your life that are just like, well, I want to do this, and you know, I think I would be really good doing this. And I say to myself, I am really good at this. I need to do it. And then there's not a lot of authors out there that'll be like, oh, I'm going to reach out to podcasts to see if I can get on. They're like, well, how come? How come there are no podcasts reaching out to me? And my thing is like, if I don't come, if I don't reach out to you, you don't know that I exist. Exactly. So I mean, well, I knew you. I saw your books, uh, Wally Gamer. I follow that person. I love Wally. Wally's awesome. And uh, I saw the books in there, and then Toby sent me the message like, oh, this guy wants to come on the show. And then mm-hmm. I put two together, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, all the worlds are combining right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met Wally on Instagram, and then um, we started a a community together on Instagram called the Retro Game Mafia. And um, it's like 25 of us right now, and we just talk about video games well, all day, you, and we support each other. <laughs> yeah no nah, yeah yeah just message me on instagram i'll add you guys to the thing and it's just like normal people like no crazy maniacs just like fa- good family oriented people talking about video games Hell talking yeah. about life helping each other so out you know it's community, like right that's what we're absolutely all doing at the end of the day just building absolutely one community and bringing mm-hmm. retro gaming to the front light again absolutely so so i'm happy that like you know you met me through wally's page and wally has a great page too so um yeah, that, I mean that's what it's all about. It's like I would much rather be on a podcast with like 500 followers than one that has like 500,000 because the 500,000 one that guy that guy's not even trying anymore. He's got a built-in audience. Right. You know, you you guys are hustling. You guys are working really hard and you know, it's like I want to be a part of that. I want I want a piece of that energy and those 500 people that follow you, they probably don't follow me, you know? So let's all grow. So then, you know, the 4500 yeah, people build everyone up in the community and then when you all hit, hit the plateau, plateau starts and then you're all standing together like yeah we did it boys yep absolutely you know because i mean there's so many out there yep (laughs) absolutely it's the truth because there's so many people out there doing great work that don't help the other people yeah you know and there and there there is so much media out there already like it like your books sound incredible and they've they've been under our radar because there's just so much stuff out there every day like something else gets released it's hard to keep up with everything so i i'm i'm so glad that you reached out to us and now that we we know this and we can share it with our listeners and hopefully you know just keep keep the, the again the preservation of all of this going absolutely absolutely so uh yeah, I, I, to wrap I this can't. up here, I want to say thank you very much. Oh yeah, thank yeah, you man. so much for jumping thank on the show. Yeah, We've my made pleasure. a new friend today. Sure, 
I love making and friends, and uh, we, we definitely want to have you come back. Uh, maybe even try to do a review with us. I think that would be a lot of fun. You you try sure. to jump into our style of, of reviewing a game, and and uh, maybe maybe even a game that you got to work on a little bit to kind of you know tie into promoting sure. one of the books, one of the many books that we hope you keep continuing putting out. Oh yeah, I will. Like you got, I'm gonna be doing this probably for the rest of my life. Good. Like, I don't see any reason Stay with us, to brother. ever. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not making any money doing this. We're just doing this so we can make fart jokes and and oh learn about God. old games. That's that's yeah. the whole point of it. So, uh, okay, hey, one one last question: when sure. when can we get an update on uh, Padre Two? So as of right now, um, I'm pretty sure um, the game is definitely going to come out like first quarter of uh, 2021. Sweet. So it's definitely going to come out on Steam first. It, it looks but so I, cool. I, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share on all our social medias the uh, the trailer that you sent me because it it mm-hmm. looks so fun. It looks so great. And then that voice. So I'm I'm like less hands on with this one than I was the first one because like now I'm working on like you know three other games, and um, so I did some some story editing on on the second game. Um, not as much as I did the first game, but um, obviously did all the voiceover and all of my voiceover is recorded already. So so you're done. Just, yeah, I'm done. So they're just putting the rest of the the pieces together. So but it's really cool. So it's it's a little bit more than a top down dual stick shooter there's actually some some tower defense elements to it too so it's like as you advance through the castle you not only have to like continue the story and you not only have to continue to kill all the things like in front of you but you also have to protect the rooms that you've already like cleared so that's a really cool element in the game as well stake guns and shit like that you got to put down yeah there's traps and things like that so it's really it's different it's cool and like um i love the visual look of the first game but i think the second game like just looks a lot cooler um yeah we have like a really dedicated fan base like pretty awesome how they change up the style as well oh yeah absolutely game for the sequel Mm -hmm. they could have easily done that yeah, but I I think too, um, because they did a game in between called uh, ah, fuck, what was the name of it? It's like Moss Defense, and it was just like it was kind of like a top-down shooter with like bugs, and it was pretty cool. But um, the gameplay was really cool on that, and we we just thought like you know what, if we could kind of take the Padre out of like the old school like alone in the dark style and make it faster and make it more frenetic, it would give the character more of an opportunity to grow. So. I'm happy that they made that decision too. Like, um, <clears throat> Ben Silhali is the, he's like the main creative guy for the Padre, and he's just super forward thinking, and he really saw that taking the character into a more fast paced environment would be a lot more fun. So, um, really cool too. Side note, Easter egg in the first game, um, my first book, The Minds Behind the Games, is actually an item in the game. <laughs> so if you go into like one of the game's libraries, you can actually like pick up the book. It disappears from your inventory, but you can see it and it spins a couple of times and then I say something stupid like, Oh, is this supposed to be like a good book or something like that? In the Padre voice. So That's but, a great um, Easter egg. That's a super really, great Easter egg. So so there are a lot of video game books out there, but there are no video game books that are solely 
centered around the developers telling their story. And then there are no video game books out there that are actually in video games. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, yeah. so, okay. This is, I swear to God, this is the last question. I swear mm. to Padre. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Okay, so just like you you would ask the developers, is there anything like that you can add that you can say to a story or something that hasn't been said before? Is there anything you can give us something like that, but like that you haven't given to any other podcast yet? Like something exclusive. I'm not trying to say exclusive, but something new that you haven't gotten exclusive. to tell. <laughs> something new that you haven't. I'm trying to take a, a page from your book. Is there something that hasn't been discussed that you wish you could have like been like, hey, this is just a little something like maybe i was sick on this day when i recorded this is there something neat that you can give us let's see so i'm just gonna look through really quick pretty sure we lost the, everyone uh, after the wrestling chat but <laughs> oh my God. if they stuck around this is worth if it. you're still around um let's see i'm trying to look through the the uh what's it called the the games list of a couple of the books really quick to see if i can give you anything like really cool and different well, you know what I'll do. Um, so a week ago, I started my seventh book, and it is the minds behind the Sony PlayStation Two games. Ooh! So, and right now I have ten games uh, confirmed. Nice. But I have three chapters written already, and uh, one is Guitar Hero Three. Oh, the other my is God. any. Is is NHL two thousand two, and then the third is downhill domination. And um, after this podcast is over, I'm going to be working on the fourth chapter, which is War of the Monsters, which is like just this really fun, cool PS two game that was developed by the same team that did like Twisted Metal and Warhawk. But um, I definitely have some really heavy hitters for this PS two book. I've only been working on it for a week, and I have. Uh, I have 11 games already, so um, nice. that's going to be really cool. Um, another cool thing that I'll tell you guys, it's not completely confirmed yet, but they have, they've told me that they're going to send me back answers um, for the minds behind the PlayStation games. I have spoken to two of the Americans that have worked on Final Fantasy VII, the original nice. Final Fantasy VII. Oh. So, so the thing is, it's like... Um, Sony Computer Entertainment America had a very big impact on Final Fantasy VII, but they don't get nearly as much credit because, you know, Squaresoft and Sony Computer Entertainment Japan were the guys that really did, like, most of the heavy lifting, you know? So, uh, if this happens, which I'm, like, 90% sure that it's going to happen, to have Final Fantasy VII in the minds behind the PlayStation books is going to be super, super sexy. And oh, just, yeah. Um, oh, the yeah. Minds, the minds behind the PlayStation games. I mean, I've got games like Warhawk, NHL 98, Spider-Man, Twisted Metal, Parasite Eve, Jet Moto, Medal of Honor, Siphon Filter, um, Tomb Raider 2, um, Warzone Cool Borders, Knockout Kings, Crash Bandicoot, ESPN Extreme Games, Soul Blade, Spyro, GTA 2, Driver, I mean... Dude, that I've got, that, a, I've got a, that sounds like an incredible like, and that's probably only like half of the lineup. So I haven't oh, shared that man. with anybody yet. So you guys, that you guys are the first people that have heard it's how many games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we we appreciate that. And, and just so you know, that was a page right out of your book of just like what hasn't been heard yet. You know, I love yeah. that. Yeah, so I haven't shared that with anybody yet. So oh, so man. yeah, that's that's all you guys. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, One more time, website, social media, what can you plug? Do it here. Yes. 
So um, if you want to find out more about Kroom, you can go to uh, kroomgame.com. If you want to find out more about RDRA, um, you can go uh, to Retro Ninja. They got on, us on uh, DVD, eh? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. I love <laughs> South Park. Um, <laughs> we could have had like a 45-minute conversation about South Park. Oh, um, man. And actually, South Park, the well, game, is actually featured I'm in Canadian the minds behind too, the right? shooter games. So, oh, hey, that's a good one because Goobs and I plan have been planning on reviewing that game for like a year now so we will definitely wait till we can read that chapter in the shooting game and uh that way we can have hey, some fun facts want to come on to review with us yeah <laughs> absolutely and so i mean i can give you guys a sneak peek of that chapter right now and the fact that the reason why another exclusive kyle stan kenny and cartman fire dodgeballs and snowballs with piss and not guns is because Columbine happened as that game was in development. Oh shit! Yeah, I that makes knew that I mean, one. Whoa, that's so, crazy. So yeah, once because uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were like, you know, yeah, we're fine with them shooting guns and stuff because you know Jimbo. That's what Jimbo does in the show. Right, you know, right. It's like it's not a big deal. It's coming and then around Columbine for us. Happened. Mm-hmm. Columbine happened, and they were like, yeah, let's can we find something different? And the development team really like we're scratching their heads at first and then they were like oh wait we'll do this um also too south park is a game that uses the turok the dinosaur hunter engine (laughs) so acclaim was very smart in the fact that they used to use old assets all the time so they were like we're gonna make a south park game and um for some reason we're gonna use the turok the dinosaur hunter engine that's so and also in the minds behind the shooter games turok the dinosaur hunter is one of the featured games oh very cool so yeah so so yeah and then uh well uh some of your social media yeah yeah social Uh, media and stuff sorry yeah so retro ninja to find out more about rdra and tony barnes's awesome work um i am on twitter at review fix pat um facebook at facebook.com forward slash patrick hickey jr um the social media that i use the most though is instagram so it's just patrick hickey jr one word um and if you want to buy the book you can go to patrick hickey jr.com also like if you contact me directly on instagram i'll just i can throw the link to you we could we could you could paypal me we could do the whole thing like that if you wanted to so that's i mean i just try and be as approachable and human as possible so yeah that's that's pretty much that's all my, way to do it, all my contact information. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby, we probably got to do one thing here. I got to ask our friend one more favor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we normally shout out our friends here that support the show. If you know where I'm heading to, Toby. Yeah, yeah, the patrons, our yes. patrons. And I'd like to get a whole new refreshed look on things. So, <laughs> I'd like to give... Uh, if you don't mind, Patrick, mm-hmm. Toby's going to list our patrons' names, mm-hmm. and you say a PlayStation 2 game or a PlayStation game, doesn't matter which, mm-hmm. the, the, the the name like makes you think of right away. Like, kind of like a word recognition kind of thing. Okay. I'm going to yeah, take myself well, out of this for once. <laughs> you, usually, like, we come up with something goofy like... Uh, horror movies, and then when we say a name, we try to associate. It's just a, it's a word association game, and people and change their names to it in our uh, Discord and all this stuff too. It's a it's a whole big thing. People really enjoy it, but I'm gonna okay. leave it up to our guests this time. 
so I don't disappoint anyone. <laughs> sure. And if if you feel the need to do it in uh, the Padre voice, that that's okay too. Okay. Oh, but associate awesome. <laughs> uh, association with uh, uh, PS2 games. Just it's a, we're just gonna say name. And even if it doesn't game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if it doesn't okay. make sense, it's completely fine because that's part of the fun, anyways. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, our patrons, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/BadSecretMedia, you can uh, you can join in and get some of our extra little episodes that we do. Okay. So the first patron, we'll go with Chris Copeland. Chris Copeland sounds like a disease. Um. <laughs> It's like he, is, you know, he oh, lives man. in Florida. Did you hear? Did you hear? The doctors found out that Chris has uh, Copeland. <laughs> the doctors don't know what to do. So when I think of like diseases and infections, I totally think of parasite Eve. Ooh! <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we got Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. It sounds like an old name, so I would go with uh, medieval. Ooh, Angel Sanchez. Angel Sanchez, that's definitely like the name of a character in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Fat Shags. Fat Shags? Yes. He's Australian. I love Australia. I have so many readers from Australia. I lose money on them because it costs so much to ship there, so... <laughs> They're great though. I love I love Australia. Uh, they're crazy. Those people are crazy. So when I think of crazy PS one PS two games, I think of uh, Brain Dead thirteen. <laughs> uh, you guys ever played that before? I've never. No, I've never even heard of that one. <laughs> I played. It's that really one. cool. It's it's made by the same people that did like all the uh, Dragon's Lair games. It's really oh, freaking cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we got Trey Dishman. Trey Dishman. Um, let's see, Trey Dishman. Sounds like something you'd scream after murdering somebody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for that, I'd have to say bloody roar. <laughs> uh, next, we got Molly Smith. Molly Smith, she sounds like an adventurer. And as a woman, I'd have to say Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the last one is the Masked Llama. The Masked Llama. Wow, the mass lump. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wow. It's the last one, so you can go all out on this one. The mass llama. It just sounds like somebody was doing some drugs. Um, so there's a That's great quite the opposite. game. <laughs> there's a great game on PS One that like nobody played, and it's so weird. And it's called um, it's called it's called LSD, the Dream Simulator. If you guys have ever, have ever played that I've, before, I've um, never heard of that one. This That's... guy definitely changes his name to the name of the games that we name him. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, yeah, guys, do your research on that. That was, and the thing is, too, I've sp- I've spoken to the developer before, but um, it's probably never going to get into a book because he just doesn't have a lot to say. Like he doesn't want to get as in depth as I need him to. Yeah, so. he's on too much acid. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you guys the Google that llama. game, the acid llama, yeah, that's what he'll be now, the acid llama. <laughs> well, oh my god! Oh, uh, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. That, that's so our, much. That's our yeah, our no problem. patrons. Go to patreon.com slash badsecretmedia and uh, you can support our show and uh, support what we do because you know we don't make any money. <laughs> I hate to put her guest on the spot, but like I knew, I knew you could do it. <laughs> sure, sure. 
All right. Well, uh, again, we appreciate the hell out of you coming on. And, and this one went really long, but I think it's so worth it. Like you have so much knowledge and, and you're so much fun to talk to. And uh, I think even if this is an extra long one, this is fucking awesome. And yeah, man, thank you so much I, for having me. I'm so glad you reached out to, to us. And uh, yeah, uh, it was a it was a great time. Goobs, you got anything to say? I was going to say thank you as well. And everyone have a great freaking night. <laughs>